Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, it is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. Yours truly is Nimrod Umpambele. As always, I'm delighted to share the space and time with you as we share pertinent social and economic insights with you from the perspective of my esteemed guest. As always, I'm not flying solo. I'm flanked by Vusima Singa and Harry Seleke. To this end, gentlemen, I want to thank you in advance for your sterling work. Moving along, uh, if you, I hope you've enjoyed our last conversation with John Foster Pedley, who is the Dean and a Director at Henley Business School, as well as Herman uh, Pretorius, who is a Communication Specialist at Institute for Race Relations. Our conversation centered around the role of business communities amidst wars. I thoroughly enjoyed that particular intellectually rigid uh, conversation, as well as its practical dimensions on what is seem to be a very complex and controversial subject. However, if you missed that particular show, not to worry. Simply visit our website, download it, share with th- share your views with us, uh, our socials, 34549, Telegram is 061-895-1095. And of course, your views and thoughts are mostly welcome through my Twitter handle, which is at Dr. Mele. In today's conversation, we're putting a spotlight on the African Growth Opportunity Act, known as AGOA. Our conversation was formed by the aftermath of the annual AGOA Forum that was held the last week here in South Africa. Uh, you know, it is healthy, for me, it is a healthy assumption to suggest that Africa has been the biggest beneficiary of AGOA, especially on exported uh, products such as cars, fruits and, and wines. In making sense of this issue, I'll be joined by Gregory Mufukane, who is the Vice President for Organized Business at Black Business Council. As you know, I don't miss the opportunity to venture a, an opinion on typical issues. Firstly, we have noted that, uh, again, you know, malfeasance at our public universities has once again read its ugly head. If you're out of the loop, uh, I must show you must have picked up that Tunisia has been put under administration for the next 24 months following the damning independent assessor report uh, by Professor Temba Musia as well as ministerial task teams. Both underscored, both reports have underscored serious concerns relating to Tunisia's governance, uh, administration and all lot of issues around sustainability. Be that as it may, my bone of contention is the council and its subcommittees as they failed to address the risk highlighted in the risk, risk registers. Uh, the minister's verdict in as far as I'm concerned does not come as a surprise as both internal and external auditors would have raised these concerns. This brings to mind, it is, this brings to mind two variables worthy of considering or contemplating. One is that 
the status of control environment, uh, which ordinarily raised questions regarding the skills and competencies of council as well as subcommittees. Secondly, one needs to ask a question about the diligence of council members on issues relating to recruitment and selection processes. Clearly, something has gone horribly wrong. In my view, I mean, being a competent and seasoned intellectual or an academic for that matter does not necessarily make you an administrator. There seem to be a, a discord, and this is something that I hope that we will be able to address moving forward. The reason I'm raising this issue uh, between uh, or the distinction between being intellectual rigor, which does not necessarily make you uh, an administrator, is that we have seen scores of people being promoted to administrative position without previously good skills and competencies that are backed by necessary experience or supportive programs. In my view, I mean, South Africans worthy of their salt should consider these lessons and use them to build capacity programs that can save us this, from this embarrassment. I, I'm, I'm certainly not proud not to see institutions of learning whose core business uh, is to inspire confidence via designing and implementing programs that changes the landscape of the country and be found wanting on a very same governance, governance principle and practices which they are supposed to be custodians for. There's certainly no excuse. Uh, people must simply own up and address governance other trolls that unfortunately have undesirable racial undertones, which perpetuate, at least in my view, racial stereotypes. In the final analysis, putting this, in the final analysis, uh, when you put any institution under administration, it is an indictment to council and its committee and program management. I hope uh, these insights and observations um, that you're seeing uh, or we've seen in universities such as uh, Zululand, uh, Hasisuru, Swani Technology, of the, um, Twani University of Technology, Val, uh, Central University of Technology, and so on and so forth, will be used to, to strengthen the control environment. Anyway, uh, as we proceed, uh, I indicated earlier, we're not going to get to the gist of uh, today's conversation. Um, as I've indicated that we are now putting a spotlight on the Growth and Opportunity Act, known as AGOA, in making sense of this topic that is riddled with geopolitical implications and that I nuance pretty much daily. We are joined by Gregory Mufalking, who is the president, who is the vice president responsible for organized business at the Black Business Council. Gregory, thank you very much for coming through and, and you, you're welcome to be on governance. Well, uh, thank you very much for the invitation and a very good morning to your listeners. Thank you very much indeed. Gregory, you know, um, perhaps maybe it will be useful just to paint a picture of our conversation. You know, as you very much aware, you know, South African economy is pretty much in a bad shape from, from unemployment point of view. We're sitting at what, 40% or so? Uh, using the extended definition of unemployment, uh, of which 70% or more of, of uh, that figure represent youth. As if that's not enough, um, we are the most unequal society in the world. And, and it, you know, the, these kinds of stats also put out a, stats around femicide and suicide are certainly spiraling out of control. 
and and the kinds of uh, initiative that we're seeing globally pretty much are, are needed and welcome. Um, so perhaps maybe from your perspective, you have just noted that there's been a, we had a Goa forum last week. Give us your overall assessment of of how it panned out from a BBC's point of view. Well, well, um, we are quite excited um, with how the the forum, um, you know, turned out. Um, in fact, um, I think uh, coming out of the forum, we 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 are more encouraged that we we will see the benefits of 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 Agua continuing. Uh, your listeners and yourself will be aware that there have been concerns um, leading up to the forum uh, that uh, AGOA will, will not be extended and that even if it is extended, the benefits that accrue to South Africa might not um, you know, uh, continue because uh, there is a risk that South Africa might be excluded from AGOA going forward. Well, um, you know, our excitement um, is, is due to, to the nature of the discussions that uh, ensued during the forum. Um, you know, we, we discussed a variety of issues. Of course, top of the agenda was to lobby our U.S. counterparts um, for the extension of AGOA for at, at least the next uh, 10 years, um, you know, from 2025. As you know, uh, uh, the current iteration is due to to to, to, to you know to expire in 2025 and therefore the the, the 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 number one agenda item was to discuss the extension of agoa um and in fact uh, i can tell you that some of the um uh, counterparts from the us were actually arguing that we should look at a period longer than 10 years to provide policy certainty and in fact other uh, others went at a view that it should actually be extended, uh, not only over 20 years, but to, to, for it to be a permanent instrument. In fact, the U.S. does have similar permanent instruments with other uh, trading blocks, such as the Pacific Trading Block, and so on. So, so, so we are quite excited, um, you know, by 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 what transpired at the forum, um, and we are convinced that um, our U.S. counterparts will go back. Uh, to lobby, uh, you know, the, the politicians in Capitol Hill for the extension uh, of AGOA. No, thank you very much for that insight. Uh, one critical issue that you have raised that I want to perhaps maybe sink our teeth on is the conversation you've had with the U.S. counterpart. I mean, we have seen through the media uh, that uh, Senator Jim Rich uh, questioned South Africa's eligibility uh, and particularly in the context of um, South Africa's ties with Russia, how strong is that position that could, you know, uh, in in terms of jeopardizing or or compromising the kind of extension that you are looking for? Look, um, you know, one must say that this is a, a U.S. instrument, and therefore the U.S. does decide on the criteria. Uh, for countries that benefit from this instrument. However, where we are in South Africa, we qualify 100% as far as the criteria is concerned. There is nowhere in the criteria of um, uh, AGOA where the U.S. will dictate to any uh, participating country, um, you know, what should be the posture of their foreign policy. So, 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 so we view that obviously as interference. However, uh, we are, you know, confident that 
out of the discussions that we've had with our counterparts who were here, um, you know, um, uh, uh, last week, uh, we think that we have made uh, a, a case for, for, for the continuation of the benefits of South Africa from, from Aboa. Uh, we can only hope that, uh, you know, South Africa's uh, posture, um, irrespective of how controversial it is, from the perspective of the U.S., will see this kind of um, trade agreement extended, as you have currently put it out. Uh, in the same vein, we have seen how other countries in the continent were withdrawn from AGOA. Um, what is the position of um, South Africa in relation to this kind of um, expulsion, if you, if you, if you mind? We have seen Central Republic, uh, Central African Republic, Gabon, Niger, and Uganda um, have been withdrawn. Your perspective on that? Look, it is rather unfortunate that uh, those countries ended up being withdrawn, and and it all has to do with their internal. Um, you know, political arrangements. Uh, some of those countries have gone through coup d'etats. Uh, some of them, um, you know, like Uganda, uh, there is an advance by the Americans to exclude them as, of course, um, you know, there are recent uh, policy developments when it comes to uh, the LGBTQI community and so on. So these are quite internal dynamics within those countries. Um, and, 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 and first and foremost, as I said, you know, the criteria for, for benefiting it comes from the U.S. because it's a, a U.S.-sponsored instrument. And therefore, the, uh, you know, what we are encouraging those countries to do is to make sure that they comply with the criteria uh, so that they can, uh, uh, you know, benefit from this very important uh, trade tool. Um, uh, and once again, uh, like I said, I mean, we, we respect the rights of uh, each and every country. They, 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 they do have sovereignty. But of course, if that sovereignty does um, you know, impede on the criteria as set up by the by, by the U.S. The U.S. will definitely react as they have done with those four countries. I think there's a fair assessment um, that you are putting forward, and and we, I mean, certainly in internal uh, dynamics within each and every country, um, it's it's entirely up to them. I mean, we noted that uh, human rights violation is one big uh, criteria. We also noted that the application of rule of law. Um, it's one, and, and the, the third one being political pluralism. So these are pretty much um, criteria that has been set forth by the Americans, uh, because this is typically their their own instrument. And I suppose South Africans, you know, don't don't have much to say in terms of influencing these kinds of uh, rules that makes countries eligible. No, we don't. Um, and, and and like I said, I mean, this is. This is an instrument uh, by the Americans designed to benefit those African countries that qualify and, and meet the criteria. And therefore, when it comes to setting the criteria, it is definitely not, not our province. That is the province of the U.S. because it is their instrument. Absolutely. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second as we get more and more insight from your end on this very interesting topic. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, 
It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. This is Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Tembele. I am joined by Brigham Fokin, who is the Vice President responsible for Organized Business at the Black Business Council. We are talking the implication of our goal for South Africa. And that I'm looking, one of the issues that is pertinent, which is pretty much a geopolitical conundrum, if you like, is uh, we have a number of competing regional trade agreements or regional uh, initiative. One that we cannot um, escape is that is is BRICS, um, and and we know the trade agreement. When you look at the West, so America, the US is one of the biggest trading bloc. How does Agoa um, fare compared to BRICS, given the the interest, particularly of of China in in Africa, compared to interest? of the U.S. in the continent as well? Well, we, we don't like to view it as, as, as competition. We like to view our trade agreement instruments that are designed for us to be able to maximize the benefit from. And from our perspective, you know, they should play more of a complementary role as opposed to a competing role. Now, when you look at BRICS, um, you know, it, it is a, a trading block, um, you know, on its own. It has got its own uh, dynamics and we participate meaningfully as far as BRICS is concerned and 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 we don't think that you know it should be much um, of a, a contest between BRICS and AGOA we are benefiting from both uh, arrangements and um, you know our view is that as, as a country our position should be to what extent do we maximize the benefit of of the various trade agreements that we have entered into as opposed to looking at it you know through the prism of uh, those agreements or trade instruments competing against each other. Well, I suppose at the principal level it makes a lot of sense, but at the practical level, um, there are all you know complexities that South Africa needs to navigate. I mean, we have already cited if the contestation or an argument presented by the U.S. by the U.S. Uh, senator uh, to go by in relation to how South Africa uh, relates to to Russia, um, certainly that brings a dynamic uh, which we have seen. We also have seen how pretty much the Western countries wants to have a bigger say in the continent. Surely that can't make South Africa, in as much as the principal level sees these two trading blocks complementary, not, not necessarily you know, competing. So what would you consider the, the biggest navigation areas that you think you need to pursue to maximize the, the benefit on both sides? Well, at a principal level, Bele, you, you, you will have noticed that, um, you know, we, we are quite clear as a country. Our position on, 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 on Russia, although the Americans were not happy with it, but I think they've come to respect uh, our position on, 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 on Russia. I think our government was very clear that we remain neutral and our president did lead uh, an, an African peace effort between, uh, you know, Russia and, and, and the Ukraine. And, and so we were clear on, on that. And I think, uh, you know, the U.S. has come to, uh, to accept uh, our position as far as, uh, you know, uh, Russia and Ukraine is concerned. And I think we have not wavered on the principle that says we, we remain neutral as far as that, that conflict is concerned. Of course, 
you know, the initial posture from the U.S. was that they wanted us to take a very firm stand against Russia. And, uh, of course, our country resisted that. And our government communicated a very clear message, you know, a neutral stance as far as that conflict is concerned. Now, if one has to look at, um, you know, what transpired in our discussions last week, the issue of, of Russia and Ukraine did not even feature in our discussions with our with our counterparts, because I think for all intents and purposes, they now understand, you know, our uh, resolve to remain neutral. And not only have we just, uh, you know, made statements around remaining neutral, but our government has been quite active, you know, in terms of trying to get the two parties to sit around the table and to find peace um, that is much needed uh, in the region and in the area. So as far as the principle is concerned, I think we we, we are quite clear on that. Of course, the U.S. Um, and, and certain individuals within the U.S. Uh, you know political landscape will want uh, you know to to push us. Uh, towards a particular position, but I think uh, you know our government stance has been clear, and and we have been supportive of the government stance as far as uh, you know Russia and Ukraine is concerned. No, no, those are quite uh, um, in, in interesting observations that you put in through, which makes it um, suppose. Comfort, which is which are comforting from where South Africans are seeing because we do know that um, if anything uh, to go by, we pick up that um, a booster president, um, uh, you know, indicated that a boy has been very you know instrumental in addressing unemployment to the tune of about thirty-two thousand or so people jobs that were created, which which amounted to about two billion rands uh, or annually based on you know. Products such as wine, cars, and what did you? So, is there or are there prospects of Agoa in an event that South Africa does not lose its uh, beneficiary status? That we could see more increases in those uh, products that um, uh, are being exported to the U.S. market. Well, in fact, uh, let me update your your figures a little bit. So, last year, total goods that were exported into the U.S. from all the AGOA beneficiary countries on the continent was $10 billion. South Africa contributed $3.6 billion of that, which if you have to translate it into rents, it works to around 68.5 billion rents. So it, it is quite substantial. And so our interest has always been to ensure that we don't lose that trade. And in fact, that we need to do more in terms of ensuring that we export more goods into the U.S. So our focus as, as, as business uh, in partnership with government as well as labor, um, you will have been aware that there was a labor focus also uh, during this current um, you know, forum, uh, is to ensure that we continue uh, to benefit from this and that we increase our exports um, you know, from the 68 billion rents Upwards. So we are quite keen uh, to see an expansion and we are quite keen to ensure that, uh, you know, AGOA can continue to make the opportunities available for South Africa. Uh, you've already alluded to the issue of jobs, which is very critical. We want to create more jobs on the back of AGOA and many other trade agreements that we are part of. And what I can tell you also, the listeners, is that part of our discussions, um, you know, at the forum was actually beyond the extension. We then spoke about uh, enhancement. How can we then enhance AGOA so that it can do more for South Africa? And so, so the enhancement talks to issues of investment, meaning that we want to see more, you know, of our raw materials being beneficiated 
here before they are exported. We also want to see technology transfer happening. Uh, we want to see U.S. companies coming in, bringing in more uh, foreign direct investment so that we can build more factories and expand our, on our manufacturing capacity and capabilities. And lastly, you know, we spoke about technical support so that we are able to design our work, uh, you know, in, in, in our workspaces, our factories, and our production processes to then uh, speak to the uh, requirements and criteria as far as Agua is concerned. No, those are quite encouraging developments indeed, um, and which perhaps maybe does suggest that um, the leadership, um, the BBC leadership, as well as other principal role players, are beginning to find um, a a positive trajectory that would benefit South Africa, given the you know fiscal cliff that we find ourselves at. But you know, I just want us perhaps maybe to reflect more on the kinds of extension initiative that we're spoken about, because they present yet opportunities which are subject to critical success condition. Let's take a break and come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, it is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governments. Uh, this is Nimrod Zembele here. I am joined by Gregory Mufokeng, who is associated with Black Business Council in his capacity as the vice president responsible for urbanized business. Before we took that break, he was giving us insights on some of the pertinent issues that are emerging from their discussions with the U.S. counterpart in as far as our goals concerned. One issue that you Wanted to ask that that I want to get a sense from it's around labor. Labor is such a critical player, and because when we talk of labor, we talk of productivity. So, what has been the position of labor movement, or what has been a conclusion that you have reached? Because we always find ourselves in cogmires of sort when it comes to labor-related issues, which inevitably affect productivity. When affect productivity, which means we are exporting less. Take us through that. The other biggest, uh, uh, you know, driver, as we all know, is is supply of constant energy. You know, without when there, when when you've got labor issues, we've got productivity issues. Productivity issues linked to energy, constant energy supply. What has been your message or the kind of issues that you've deliberated on those three variables? On labor, we have been very uh, consistent in the message that we have been communicating as as business, government, as well as labor, that we need to, uh, to, to, to work together to ensure that the extension happens. Uh, I think labor is as much concerned as business as well as government around ensuring that we have sustainable uh, jobs. And, and, and therefore, the extension will guarantee those sustainable jobs um, for our people here at home. So, so there is no confusion as far as that is concerned. The message is very consistent between all the, uh, the, you know, the role players that are working in unison to ensure that we present a united uh, country position 
on, on the issue of the extension. Number two, of course, we do <clears throat> encourage that all the employers that are involved um, you know, on the manufacturing side, and especially those that are benefiting from AGOA, must respect labor rights um, you know, as, as far as uh, our country and the rest of the continent, by the way, is concerned. So we do expect that those that are running factories and those that are intending to invest must do so um, you know, with a clear uh, conscience that um, you know, labor rights have to be respected. And I think in South Africa, we do have very strong labor rights, and, and, and therefore we expect everybody, uh, including all the current and the prospective employers, to play by the rules. And so we are quite clear on that. In fact, um, you know, the, the labor focus that was happening during the, uh, the, the forum, um, it was uh, our trade unions here in South Africa, together with the, the, the trade unions from the rest of the continent, talking to their counterparts from the U.S. as to how they can, again, work collaboratively to ensure that the employers and governments on the African continent play by the rules and that they do respect labor laws. So that's, that's uh, you know, quite critical for us to say when this happens, labor uh, will benefit, and when labor does benefit, it must do so under very conducive uh, conditions that will have been created via policies by our various governments and practices by our employers who are supposed to be uh, responsible employers. On the issue of energy, <coughs> Bele, uh, our government has uh, again um, you know, uh, given a commitment that the issue of energy is being um, given uh, you know, attention uh, and, 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 and that uh, you know, um, you know, all uh, manner of plans are in place to ensure that we, we strengthen our generation capacity so that we can then be able uh, to, to, to have supply um, of, of energy secured to current and prospective investors. You will know that when we are talking to prospective investors uh, that are keen to set up shop in South Africa, issue of energy is top of the agenda. And if we cannot secure them the energy, we can't secure the investment. Therefore, as a country, we don't want to lose out on investment and, and efforts that are being put in by both government as well as private sector at the moment are starting to yield positive results. I'm sure you are aware that between government and business, there is uh, you know, a focus on three uh, very critical areas, uh, one being energy, the other being logistics, and the third being um, you know, uh, crime and corruption and, and on energy. Uh, we are definitely making strides in, 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 in that area uh, because we have vested interest as, as the private sector. We are working collaboratively with government to ensure that we can have, um, you know, a, a energy a supply that is secured so that we can, um, you know, start attracting the investment that we are all desperate to have as a country. It's quite interesting to hear that, obviously, there seems to be a, a common framing on what are the pertinent issues um, around labor and, and the extent to which labor needs to 
posture uh, or present a particular posture that is in their best interest. And I quite like how you articulated the role of prospective employers whose uh, role in some instances is to, well, in fact, in most instances, if not all, needs to preserve and protect the, the labor rights because they are a critical player. And, and the issue around energy in it is obviously quite a useful um, and critical ingredient, if you like, you know, because you can't fall in investment when you cannot guarantee the basics. So you are saying to us that, that you know, there has been a positive movement around around energy that would obviously, which is a precondition for any investment, you know, because we're not talking... We're talking capital-intensive um, projects that require constant and, and and constant and reliable energy, and without it, uh, we're not going to move. The other issue that you raised earlier on was around um, as part of the you know extension uh, you know program that you articulated was the the beneficiation of the raw materials. I mean, this has been. An issue that has been raised every government uh, policy document. I'm sure uh, BBC has made significant contribution in that particular narrative. What has been has the needle, or to what extent has the needle shifted in materializing the beneficiation of our raw materials? Because we don't seem to see much, and we've seen trucks and trucks loading uh, materials into different cargoes and and there's not much beneficiation that that is desperately needed to create the kind of an employment employment opportunities that can take us off the fiscal cliff that South Africa unfortunately is experiencing I'd like to I think make a, a very significant differentiation between agoa and and other um, trade agreements that we have as a country. Uh, with with other countries that we are trading with, uh, whether in Europe or China or, or in other territories of the world, if, if you look at the uh, you know the goods that we are exporting uh, under the Agoa uh, agreement, you will find that in fact there's a, a you know a, a high concentration of um, you know uh, manufactured goods in, in that. I mean, uh, you spoke earlier about vehicles. I mean, we're not exporting certain components of vehicles here. We are exporting, you know, uh, fully manufactured vehicles into the U.S. Um, and, 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 and so this is, this is what we want, uh, you know, to, to see uh, increasing as far as the allocation of those uh, finished goods and, 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 and uh, well, uh, manufactured goods uh, that we manufacture here into the U.S., and I think what, when one looks at the, the likes of the BRICS, and I think that's where we need to now start putting in more effort, because that's where you find that our raw materials, um, you know, uh, are actually being exported as raw as they are, and there's not much beneficiation that is happening there. I do know that there are, uh, you know, a couple of uh, projects, um, you know, on the go by the, the bigger mining firms, try and, 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 and get into the beneficiation mode as far as um, you know, China is concerned. I know, for instance, manganese guys are trying to put something um, you know, in place to process the manganese before it is exported. And, 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 and we are definitely pushing uh, for that uh, agenda so that we can then have more value addition happening in South Africa. That value addition means that we are creating jobs here. We are creating uh, you know, capacity here. 
so that we don't export our uh, our minerals and as 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 well as as, as they are. Uh, and 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 so I think what we are seeing in Agoa is a very good example of what needs to happen with the rest of the other trading partners that we have as a country. I must also hasten to say, <clears throat> well, one of the issues that we discussed here at, uh, during, during our goal was the whole issue of what we call regional value chains. Um, and so if, if, if one looks at how uh, you know, the sub-Saharan Africa uh, can then work collaboratively to ensure that we can increase the, the export, our exports into, into the U.S., uh, you know, we need quite a clear strategy as far as that is concerned. Already there are green shoots in that space because at the moment, uh, if one has to cite very two key examples, um, you know, Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, for instance, is one of the leading, um, you know, producers of rubber on the continent. They bring that rubber into South Africa. We use that rubber to manufacture tires, and those tires go into the hydro that we export into the U.S. So there's a clear, uh, you know, demonstration of how, um, you know, the, the regional value chains can work. The Sutu uh, is big in textiles. They manufacture the hydro seeds that also exported into South Africa. We then use those seeds in um, the vehicles, in the finishes uh, of the vehicles that we export to the U.S. So we need to do more of this regional value chains so that countries can trade amongst themselves, and then the you know the ultimate output will be for us to be able to gain um, you know entry into Agoa after we've traded amongst ourselves. I mean, I, I, I welcome the idea of regional um, chain, which I suppose is very much part of BRICS um, conversation because the investment in infrastructure, it's, it's obviously a pertinent aspect that promotes trade among African countries. I'm sure you were very much aware that um, African in trade between and amongst African countries is far below compared to the trade in, in Europe. So these kinds of well value chain, um, you know, problems that you're referring to are beginning to materialize the, the continental free trade agreement, I would imagine. Indeed, indeed. And, 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 and that's where we're now shifting the gears, uh, that when it comes to uh, the Africa continental free trade area, it is quite important that, um, as South Africa, we are not the only economy that is developing and growing on the continent. We, we have a responsibility, uh, to ensure that other economies on the continent also, uh, you know, develop, uh, you know, they act as as, as, as instigators of economic growth in their, in their respective countries and their, in their respective regions. Because we need to make sure that we also, you know, stop, uh, the migration of people from, from, from their countries into South Africa simply because they are looking for economic opportunities. So the Africa Free Trade Agreement is quite <coughs> important. Because then it says, well, let's start trading with each other more, uh, so that we can then be able to assist each other to grow our respective economies. And, and that's where we are now saying that we need to shift the gear and make sure that this instrument um, is utilized meaningfully. And of course, uh, you know, the issue of infrastructure uh, is very high on the agenda because if we don't have the infrastructure, we simply cannot trade with each other. Uh, so it is important that we invest in roads. It's important that we invest in airports. It is important that we invest in harbors so that we can be able to trade meaningfully with each other and have the infrastructure that enables that trade to happen.
Absolutely. Um, talking of uh, investment in infrastructure, there's a big component um, around technical capacities and competencies. Um, to what extent do you think the, these kinds of initiatives recognizes the input on sort of the side? Um, the state of readiness when you're talking about our engineering sector, our universities that are supposed to produce these kinds of um, technical expertise needed to be part, you know, in in in, in developing this kind of um, infrastructure. We all know that China, when they invest, they bring half of uh, their labor force into any environment in an, in an African continent, which unfortunately has unintended consequences in as much as infrastructure is required. But labor, because they bring their own technical labor, you know, the, the, the proceeds of those mega projects don't necessarily benefit South Africans. I am sure uh, BBC as well as Busha and any other um, in entities, there are some conversations that are taking place to ensure that um, these mega projects benefit South Africans from a from from labor point of view, particularly skilled labor, because you're not talking uh, manual labor here, because the, the 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 trend towards mega project has shifted away from manual labor to more sophisticated type of environment. Your take on that? Between what is happening within South Africa and 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 in the rest of the continent. So what we are witnessing in the rest of the continent is, of course, that the Chinese influence is growing. And that Chinese companies are playing, um, you know, a leading role in terms of delivering infrastructure on behalf of those uh, countries, and of course, doing so by utilizing a high number of labor from China. Now, uh, within the South African context, we obviously don't, um, you know, agree with that approach, and in fact, our laws don't allow that to happen. So, when when you are a Chinese company doing business in South Africa and involved in the rollout of infrastructure, we will give you a quota of technical staff that you can bring in. And this will only be technical staff that we don't have in South Africa. So first of all, you have to demonstrate that I need to bring these engineers because they possess a unique skill that is not there in the country. And only at that level do we then allow you to bring in, um, you know, those uh, you know highly skilled uh, technical people who will then come in and play a leading role in terms of assisting the company, uh, you know, to deliver uh, the infrastructure project that they need to deliver. Uh, and even uh, under those, uh, you know, circumstances, we still maintain that there has to be skills and knowledge transfer to our local guys so that we don't have to rely perpetually on, on this uh, high-end um, skills that are, coming, uh, that are coming in, especially from China. So I must say from our side, the rules are there. What we do need to do is to make sure that we enforce those rules so that we don't have a situation where people are cutting corners, breaking the law, and there are no consequences. I like your party short because uh, we, we are known to be very articulate and sound in producing uh, policy documents, but execution is a completely different ballgame. On that note, let's take a quick break as we gravitate towards the end of the show. We'll be back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. 
And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point. It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governments. My name is Martin Bella. I'm joined by Rudolf Fuking, who is the vice president responsible for business, um, you know, businesses at the Black Business uh, Council. We are having interesting conversation about the the extent to which Agoa um, is indeed unraveling to the benefit of South Africans and the kind of issues that they, as the entity, try to influence. Uh, to address some of the biggest challenges that we have noted earlier, unemployment obviously being the, being the highest and the technical, you know, capabilities of the country responding to those mega projects that we have, we have indicated. Before we took that break, he made a very interesting observation about the original, uh, value chains which are meant to increase um, uh, exports to the U.S. Uh, one example he cited is the uh, is Ivory Coast, who is uh, known to be a biggest producer of rubber. And, and that rubber has been, uh, you know, obviously used in South African setup to produce, to produce ties uh, that are being exported to the U.S. market and so in the Sutra. So there are clear incidents that are beginning to bear fruits and particularly around both AGOA as well as Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. One issue that you, you raised earlier, uh, Gregory, relates to, firstly, you said the three for government of uh, focus, that's energy, logistic, crime, and corruption. And to what extent uh, crime and corruption was raised at AGOA conversation and, and the kind of confidence that you were able to project you know, to that kind of environment that South Africa is turning a tie against crime and corruption because corruption is the biggest enemy. We know that, uh, you know, billions of rents have been softened and, and that have seriously undermined prospects for ordinary South Africans, you know, to create uh, jobs and to benefit from that. Well, it was raised within the context of the partnership between government and business to make sure that we rein in incidents of, of, of crime and corruption that actually inhibit economic activity. So, i.e., when one looks at the theft of the rain infrastructure that has impacted funds negatively, this initiative between business and government is to say, okay, how do we then work collaboratively with government to obviously uh, nip that in the bud? Um, obviously, you know, government will, uh, it will have its own approach, um, and, and that has to be harmonized with what business can bring to the table. So, you know, if it means deployment of extra, uh, you know, security personnel or deployment of uh, technology to, to make sure that uh, things such as drones are deployed, you know, to survey uh, the rail and, and network and to look at instances where People are coming in and, 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 and then stealing some of this infrastructure and damaging uh, this very critical infrastructure uh, for our logistics um, uh, are areas that we are definitely looking at. So it was raised within that context to say that we are working together with government to make sure that 
these issues of crime and corruption are definitely being dealt with uh, so that we can have an, an environment that is conducive for investment and for businesses to run effectively and, 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 and be profitable and thrive and provide the jobs that are needed by the country. Uh, so we have given uh, you know, our American counterparts the comfort that this issue is receiving attention. You know, just to put a spine on the works, I'm sure you've picked up um, one of our ministers was was uh, you know was pulled over and ransacked. Uh, it just makes South Africa be an interesting country, isn't it? Uh, that, that's an embarrassment, man. That's an absolute <laughs> embarrassment. Uh, these people are supposed to be uh, ensuring that the minister is safe, uh, but unfortunately, they failed to ensure that the minister is safe. So it's, it's, it's an embarrassment. To say the least, um, goodness. But yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting country. And these kinds of trends, if they're not being arrested, and uh, our public confidence and private confidence, particularly around investments, um, would definitely put us in a backseat. So hopefully that particular incident would be the last um, of it. Uh, but anyway, that's not the gist of our conversation. Gregory, we want to take the last break. We'll come back in a second as we wrap up. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is a time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, it is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance. Uh, we are literally a few minutes away from wrapping up this very interesting conversation I'm having with Gregory Mosokeng, who is the Vice President responsible for organized business at the Black Business Council. Um, and we are obviously getting our heads around AGOA and its implications for South Africa. Uh, clearly, it's a very useful, if not critical, trade block, which South Africans are navigating a very turbulent space based on, um, you know, Gregory's observation and insight for he's a one of the representatives that sits in those kind of conversation. There seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel, particularly around the renewal of, of South Africa's beneficiary status around AGOA, uh, because we all know that, um, you know, we can all do with host of regional and international, uh, you know, trade agreements to ensure that South Africans benefit. The last point that perhaps maybe, uh, you know, uh, Gregory could share with us is the overall assessment of BBC on this issue and the level of confidence that you think, you know, we are on an upward trajectory, not just only from a policy point of view, but from a practical sense, uh, now that, you know, prospects of renewal are there, conversations are ongoing. Your take on that? Well, our assessment uh, is that there's been a very fruitful engagement with our American counterparts. We think that as a country, we have presented a united position as to what we want to see going forward. And uh, our prayer, of course, is that the, uh, you know, this instrument is extended beyond 2025 uh, so that we can continue to benefit um, as South Africa and, and as, as Sub-Saharan Africa 
uh, as far as this instrument is concerned, you will also know that goods that are imported into the U.S. from Africa represent um, just less than one percent of what the the, the 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 U.S. imports overall on an annual basis. So there's definitely scope for us to do more to export more uh, into uh, into in, 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 into the U.S. Now, you know, our discussions with our uh, American counterparts, um, we think that they've been very, very, very fruitful. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, all the um, uh, uh, you know members of the delegation that came through from the U.S. Um, you know, uh, spoke quite positively. Uh, you know, about the prospects of of, of Agoa. So, from where, where we are sitting, uh, unless there is a very serious spanner in the works from the U.S. side um, of things, uh, whether from Congress or from any one of those structures, um, unless there is a, a, a serious spanner in the works, we think that we will be able to, um, you know, to get this instrument to be extended. One of the issues which I must uh, hasten to also say is, is, is the risk is that is, is the U.S. elections next year, and and so one of the uh, the issues we have put on the table uh, to our colleagues uh, from the U.S. is to say, look, we'll appreciate it if um, you know this process can be concluded as soon as possible, so that it does not get um, the process that does not get impacted negatively by. Uh, by the elections in the U.S. next year. We don't know uh, which way the the American public is going to go, and, and all we want is certainty. As you know, Mbele, uh, business uh, doesn't operate so well uh, when there is policy uncertainty, and therefore it is critical for us uh, to be certain as to what is the future of this instrument, because a lot of money has been invested um, you know, in our country, on the continent, specifically to take advantage of this instrument. So we need to know whether we are going to get an extension or not uh, so that uh, business people uh, that have done the necessary investment uh, should also know where they stand, whether they are still going to continue with their operations, whether they will have to close those operations or continue with them under different set of policies. Um, uh, uh, because at the end of the day, business has to make a plan uh, to survive. So, so those are, are generally uh, our observations. Um, uh, as far as this matter is concerned, then we, we are definitely uh, hoping that the U.S. Um, Congress will find it, um, you know, um, advantageous to both uh, the continent and the U.S., uh, you know, to continue uh, having this instrument in place. Uh, a party short on uh, intercontinental free trade agreement and where we are at and whether there's a, you know, we are likely to win. Yes, no, no, look, uh, and, and also one must hasten to say that there are, um, you know, uh, just final instruments that are being put in place, um, you know, through the Secretariat, uh, you know, of the uh, of the Africa Free uh, Trade Continental Agreement. Um, uh, you know, instruments such as making sure that there is investment protection, um, you know, when, when one leaves South Africa and goes and invests in another country on the continent, you should then get uh, protection should anything go wrong in that in that country. So these are some of the final touches that are being put on the agreement. Uh, we definitely are committed as a country to make sure that this agreement does succeed. Uh, and I think there is equally, um, equal, uh, you know, both political um, uh, will at, at, at the government level and will at, at, at business level uh, to make sure that uh, you know, this instrument does work and that we succeed in implementing this um, free trade 
uh, agreement. I can tell you that globally it is, it is in fact one of the largest uh, trading um, uh, agreements, uh, you know, globally as 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 stands. So as 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 Africa, we have gone big, and as Africa, we must make sure that we don't we don't fail as far as this very important uh, agreement that is meant to uh, facilitate trade um, and economic activity on the continent is concerned. Absolutely. Puka, for the inputs that you've made, and I certainly hope that our listeners, um, you know, have benefited from your insights and wisdom on some of these very complex issues uh, regarding um, trade agreements, in particular the context of ACOA as well as Africa trade, uh, trade agreement. Thank you very much for your insight, Murunak. Well, uh, let me thank you very much for the invitation. And finally, radio station and and wish you a wonderful day for Absolutely. There you are. Uh, that was Gregory Mufukeng, who is the vice president um, at the, the Black Business Council, and he is responsible for organized business, giving us insights about how Argoa conversations that took place last week unraveled. There seems to be a, 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 a positive trajectory that the country is taking, despite very, you know, complex um, environments, um, you know, that they need, they need to navigate on. The biggest one obviously being the U.S. Uh, elections next year and an extent to which it is important for political certainty. As we all know that, be, you know, if you want to make an investment, investment has been made on a basis of the kind of certainty. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it here. It has been absolutely beautiful. Have yourself a wonderful day. Further. Shalom.